I want to set the tone off right. I want, to, I want to get you to a place that maybe, you, maybe this is the first time you've heard this. Maybe this is a reminder. But you need to know that hope is available to each and every one of us this morning. Not only is that, but it's in reach this morning. It's not just on a billboard. It's not just a tweet. It's not just on a building. It, it, the hope is available, and it's, it's here for us this morning. And can I tell you something? Because Jesus is very much alive at the right hand of God, hope is is alive. I want to say, hope is alive this morning. But before I begin, I want to give the Lord control of the service, and can we just bow our heads and just pray. Father, thank you. God, I humble myself before you, and I recognize this has nothing to do with me. Not one person came into this room to hear my voice, but Lord, they came to hear your truth. God, would that truth resonate in all of our minds, all of our hearts? Would not one person in this place leave unchanged? Lord, would you infuse us with hope? Would you remind us of the glory of resurrection and of the power that it has in our lives? But, Father, I give you this service. I came prepared, but, Lord, I give you permission to take it over and to say what it is that you need to say to your people. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. All right, if you could open up your Bibles, your apps, and also if you don't have a Bible in your hand this morning, I really want to encourage you after service, if you could, we have these wonderful people to hang out at this little table back here. We call it the What Next Table, also our information center. If you don't have a Bible, we want to put a free one in your hand. And I know like a lot of us do the apps, but some of us like that, that, that stone and chisel stuff, that paper, you know, something that you can, you can touch and hold on to. But I want to draw your attention to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, starting in verse 3. And this is the Apostle Paul writing to the church. He's writing to us this morning. And he's saying, I pass on to you. Say, pass on. We're going to work on that. What was most important had also been passed on to me. Christ died for our sins. Say, Christ died for our sins. Just as the scripture said, he was buried and he was raised. Say, raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scriptures said. Said. And what I love this is it brings back of what God said, the promise of God. And maybe some people here this morning need to maybe to read to reflect on what God promised you this morning, that it's not out of reach, that the, tome, the, the tomb might have been the stone, might have been rolled over that situation. Maybe it seems dead, but can I tell you something? Through Jesus Christ, which is the hope in your life, in that circumstance, the situation, that job, that career, whatever it is, that stone can very well be rolled away in your life this morning. If you believe that, I want to hear an amen this morning. The stone can be rolled away in your life all across the world. See, they're talking about the importance of Easter. Easter, what, is that, what does that mean, Easter? But see, all across the world, different nationalities, different race, different backgrounds, different cultures, different religious preferences, they're all joining together to celebrate a risen Savior. I, I just heard uh, this morning that there was a horrific bombing in Sri Lanka, and they had targeted the churches. But can I tell you something? I saw the pictures, and there was no despair in those pictures. Yes, they were, they were grieving loss, and they just experienced something horrible. But they knew without a shadow of a doubt that that was not the finale for those people that lost their lives, that there was hope in that place, that they'd even pray for the people that did these atrocities, that there is hope in the church. And, and, and I believe that God wants us to gr- grab a hold of this concept of hope this morning, that no matter what you have, no matter what you're struggling with, no matter what your insecurities are, no matter your worry, your fear, your anxiety, whatever it is this morning, that hope can sever that and can break that in Jesus' name. But all across the world, we hear this. What's so important about today? Why Easter? Why do we celebrate it? Why do we come? I remember as a kid, I did not grow up in the church. I'm just telling you that. 
But I remember going to church, and you know, the reason I went to church is because I got that like that mean elbow from my nana. Like she'd be like, I, I don't care where you're at, I don't care how you dress, son. You're going to church. And I don't want to go to church. She's like, you're going to church, but see, I, I didn't. I, I went because my nana was pretty strong, and she and she probably bruised a rib or two. But I'm just saying. But I was drawn to something. It, it wasn't the church. It wasn't the pastor and his fancy skinny jeans, his hair. It wasn't what they said. It wasn't the worship. But I was drawn by the very hope and the very presence of Jesus Christ. I just didn't know it yet. I was drawn in, kind of like gravity, just pulling you in. I don't understand. I don't know why I'm getting sucked in. But there's something changing. There's something happening in the atmosphere this morning. And I believe that these three words encapsulate Easter. Hope is alive. You need a risen Savior for that to happen. He has to be with his, with his Father, the right hand of God, for us to have hope. And that it's tangible. It's alive. It's something that we can walk through this morning. And even the non-religious are attracted to hope. I was when I was young. doesn't matter what generation. We give millennials a hard time. I guess I'm a millennial. But we give millennials a hard time. But really, every generation is attracted to this one thing, and it's hope. Man, I, I'm an addict. I, I, I got a past. I got the wrong deck of cards in life. I got this. I got dealt this. But can I tell you, we're all searching. We're all turning over stones. We're all seeking something. And that is that there's hope beyond my situation, hope beyond my own circumstance, hope beyond wherever it is that I'm at right now. And I can tell you right now that it is completely 100% available to everybody in this room right now. And that is through Jesus Christ. But Why? Why, why, why? The Apostle Paul wrote to us under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. See, the Apostle Paul wrote a lot of cool things. If you ever feel like you're unqualified in life, you, you need to read a little bit about the Apostle Paul and some of, the, some of the characters of the Bible. But the Apostle Paul wrote so many different things, encouraging, correcting the churches. He wrote so much. Matter, he wrote almost all of the New Testament. He wrote so much of it, but he's saying... I get that all the scripture, you need to go by it, you need to know it, you need to live by it, you need to pray, but if you get anything, you need to understand this is the most important that you're ever going to get. This phrase, this statement, this scripture, that God is telling us that he sent his one and only son, the very best of heaven. He didn't send himself, he sent his son, think about that for a moment, sacrificing your own child for someone else that was a sinner, someone else that was wrapped up in this, someone else that was a mess. He sent his very best to die for us. And I want you to take it personal this morning. You, individually, for us this morning, but that there is hope beyond. He said, this is the most important. Eric, this is the most important that Jesus died, but he didn't just die. He borrowed the tomb for a little bit because he just needed it for a few days. But then he was risen on the third day so that each and every one of us could walk into a new freedom in our lives. Can I hear an amen about that this morning? You came here today to celebrate this hope, be reminded of hope, and then to find this hope maybe for someone. 2,000 years ago, this hope was on full display. It was on full display. He, see, God didn't just say, there's hope. No, no, no. It wasn't just a word, but he wanted to show his people. He wanted to show mankind this is what hope looks like. It's not found in the pill. It's not found in a bottle. It's not found in this. It's not found in that. It is found in my son who I raised from the dead from the grave and is now very much alive with me today. Actually petitioning on our behalf. The devil's saying this. People are saying this. He's saying, Jesus is saying, nope, nope. He's righteous. She's clean. 
She, I, I paid the price. We need to understand that hope comes from him and him alone. But 2,000 years ago, full display, all in wonder, the impossible. What I love about God is it's the impossible. I've exhausted everything in life, all my, all my education, everything I thought. I've gotten to the end of myself, of the natural, and that is when I believe God takes over. And that's when I believe God starts what he can do. The end of our possibility is the start of what we would consider impossibilities. He, he, he could take it further. He wants to take you beyond this morning. He wants to take you further than you ever have been before. But it's through Jesus and Jesus alone. There's so much importance. Miracles, wonders, all these things surround this wonderful day. That's why we're here to celebrate. We're not here to mourn. We're here to celebrate because, come on, our Savior has been risen from the dead. Can I get an amen this morning? We celebrate it because... We can look at those against us. Oh, I love this. We can look at those that, who are against us. We can look at the enemy. We can look at our situation. We can look at our circumstances. You might be facing betrayal. You might be facing fear. You might be facing worry. You might be facing pain. You might be facing loss. But you can look it right in the face and say, so did my Savior. And the grave couldn't hold him down. And he was risen on the third day. Therefore, I can roll the stone away in my life. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I'm no longer a slave to worry, anxiety, and all these things of the world. It should give us great comfort that our Savior, Jesus Christ, experienced everything that you will ever experience in life. Betrayal, loss, pain, hurt, all of it. Go down the list. But there's hope. (laughs) It couldn't hold him down. What it also says is that your past doesn't have the final say. I'm so thankful for Jesus that my past, my mistakes, my failures, my addiction to this, to that, my, uh, all these things of the past does not define me. When Jesus entered the equation, when he came and he was resurrected on the third day, he said, no, you are a new creation. You, this is a new beginning for you. That past is not who you are. That's your past mistakes. That's who, who other people thought you were. That's what the devil was trying to convince you who you were. But I'm telling you, you are a child of God. You are a son and you are a daughter of God. Man, if that doesn't give you comfort and and assurance, my decisions don't have a final say. Thank goodness for that. Make all kinds of bad decisions. No matter how long you've walked with God, we all make mistakes. We all fall short. But there is still hope through Jesus that they don't have the final say in my life. The the empty tomb has sealed that fate. My failures don't have the final say. I've failed so many times in life. I fail people. I failed God. I I just failed myself. But I can know that if I turn to Jesus, that that tomb is empty. And I can walk out. I am free. See, what I love about being set free, I had never heard of somebody in prison, when the cell door opens, they kind of do one of these, like, you know, it's pretty comfortable in here. you, you, You... you get what I'm saying? They don't question whether or not to be set free. Man, when, that's, when that cell opens, there, I don't need my commissary. I don't need my clothes. I am free, and I'm running out of here with glory, and I'm telling everybody about it. See, that is what he has for us. See, the cell door is open, but we're trapped in it because we're convincing ourselves that we are not liberated, that we are not free. But the resurrection assures us that, that we can walk out that cell, that we can walk free. Yes, those chains are broken. The strongholds come down. All that stuff, yes. But we've got to walk out of the chains. You've got to shake the shackles off, and you've got to move forward this morning, church. You, do, do you believe that this morning, church? It's time to walk out the cell. It's time to be set free this morning. Clear path. 
man, we got a clear path, and that's through Jesus. It's not like this weird equation. It's not like this fancy book you got to read. And like, well, if I make this step, and, you know, I do this step, and I do this step, and I go here, take a left here, take a right. You know, it's like the, the GPS. Turn right now. Turn left now. You know, it doesn't do that. We have a very clear path, and that's through Jesus Christ. We can overcomplicate that. But if you want to be set on the right path, you just need to keep your eyes focused on the hope that is alive, the hope that is available, and that is through Jesus Christ. And it wasn't enough for him just to die. Can't just die. But he had to be raised to life on the third day, and that's the day that we celebrate this morning. See, I read a little bit about hope is alive and Jesus has to be alive. And I was just kind of curious to what other religious leaders said. What have they said? What were their last words? You know, so many people following these people. I'm going to read a couple. Before dying, these particular religious leaders said this. Muhammad, I don't know the purpose of life. What? So many people following that. And then in the final last words, I don't know. Buddha, search for truth. Whoa, 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 I thought you were the truth. What do you mean i got to search for it? Confucius, I am not the way. What? Well, I've been following you. What do you mean you're not the way? Bro, I only got, to, I only got so much time. But can I tell you something? There's a different person that says something radically different. John 14, 6. Jesus told them, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Come on, church. No one can come to me, to the Father, can rather come to the Father except through me. He made it very clear. Last days, last words were for his people that I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. You come through me, you will have hope, everlasting joy, and you will join me in heaven one day when your time is up, church. But he is telling us, come to him this morning. There is so much hope through him. Regardless of what you're facing, you need to know that Jesus offers hope in the dark. That silent, I, I call it silent Saturday from Good Friday to Sunday. You could sit there, they were probably sitting there in despair like, man, I know Jesus said these things. And, and, and I've seen him you know, provide miracles and cast out demons and do all this crazy. But man, it's Saturday. Like, come on, when, when is he coming out of the grave? You know, they, they were losing hope. But can I tell you something? Just because you can't see God move in your life right now, maybe in a physical sense, can I tell you? He's moving in your life. He's moving in your finances. He's moving in your marriage. He's moving in your relationships. He's moving in your career. He's moving even though you can't see him, church. The impossible. Hope and despair. Loss. It's a hard one for us to, to grab a hold of, loss of a loved one, loss of something, loss of a future. But can I tell you something? When it's restored, it's restored tenfold, it's restored a hundredfold, baby, it comes back big time for you if you would just keep your eyes focused on him. Hope and betrayal. Jesus was betrayed, and it always comes to the ones that are close. Otherwise, it wouldn't really be betrayal. But there's hope. Hope in the trial. Man, we all know we got trials and, and challenges in life. I don't need anybody to raise their hand. We get hands going up everywhere. I got challenges, but there is hope. Because when we turn to him and say, I don't know what to do. If I don't have my latte this morning, I'm going to go crazy. I need you, Jesus, in my life. It's something, it's a simple act just like that. And I'm telling you, it will change every dynamic of your relationships, your job, your finances, your entire day. Because you have set the precedent and you have put Jesus first in your life. You don't need latte. I mean, I do. But I need Jesus more. 
That's what I'm saying this morning. But then we deal with this thing called sin. Everybody say sin. See, even just when it comes off your tongue, it sounds like a snake, right? Just like, ah. But it's important that we know what it is. Because, see, this is a power that human beings have never, ever been able to control, never been able to harness, never been able to stop. It's really one of those, one of those things. And we've done so many things through human history to harness power. Battery power, the Tesla. How about that, uh, that toy that you buy from China that has like 12,000 parts? You put it together, you have 24 extra parts, and you just think you're a better engineer. But you get these little things called batteries, these little modern marvels, that these little rinky-dink little things could charge and, and make this toy function the way it needs to function. It's crazy. 300 miles in a car, jet propulsion, absolutely crazy. You put crazy people in a little tin can, and we thought it was a great idea to launch them into outer space, going 29,000 miles an hour, nine times faster than a speeding rifle bullet. That's crazy. I can only imagine, like, the face, you know, going like this. I've never been on a spacecraft, obviously. It probably doesn't happen. But would have been able to harness the power of jet propulsion, the atom. It's crazy. The same, this, the same thing going on in our sun, we've been able to control to the atom with nuclear weapons. Uh, submarines can travel all around the world, and, and, and uh, aircraft carriers can do the same thing without ever having to refuel. It's crazy. We use it for medical purposes. We're able to control the atom. That's crazy. The internet. I'm not going to get in debate who, who invented the internet, but all I'm saying is that We've been able to harness a way to control information and send it at a high rate of speed across the world. I knew about Sri Lanka like within minutes because of Twitter. I mean, just think about how crazy that is, how fast information travels in this world today. But sin is one of those things that we could not just, we couldn't do on our own. We needed Jesus. That's why Easter is so important. This is the one thing we can't harness, can't control, can't stop. But can I tell you something? Jesus did. Now, I'll I'll caveat with this. See, Jesus didn't eliminate the presence of sin. We understand that. We're all affected by sin. Sometimes we do it, and I I get all that. But sin is no longer that has the final say in your life this morning, church. You're hearing me this morning. See, he's defeated it. He's conquered it. He's taken it away. And it's not something something that we could avoid. It's not like you just go on Amazon Prime. It's like, I'll take a box of that sin. I'll take a box of that sin. It's not something that, it's something that we inherit, like my child, my beautiful, beautiful girl. She inherits so many wonderful things from my wife, and then she inherits the other stuff from me. But we all pass down things from generation to generation to generation. You're following me this morning. It's just like sin. It's just something we just cannot escape. But we can through Jesus Christ. You can't avoid it. It's a human condition. It's just like gravity. It pulls in the worst we have to offer. Where we walk, it, all, it just draws in all this ugh in life. And unless you're Luke Skywalker, you cannot defy gravity, therefore you cannot defy sin. But can I tell you somebody? There's somebody that has defied sin, the power of sin, and that is Jesus Christ. Come on, can we put our hands together for the Lord this morning? Unless you got Jesus, you can't defy the law of sin. You need Jesus in your life. In Romans chapter 6, verse 14, it says, Sin is no longer your master. Everybody say, no longer my master. For you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. I I, I look through all scripture. 
read it back and front and all the way through. And I can't find a moment that Jesus came down on a person and condem- bringing condemnation to an individual. He never said to the woman caught in adultery, you sinner. But he identified the sin. He corrected the sin. He was challenging and he was going head to head to sin. And sin has no place in your life, ma'am. No condemnation. A savior that didn't deserve to die. But he bore all for us. Because he knew his father would be faithful and that he would be raised from the dead. That he would go down into hell itself. He would go down into hell itself and set the captives free. But this is why the Apostle Paul was so adamant saying, church, like you could put your name there. Eric, this is important. If you blow a lot of other stuff and you don't, you got to get this. Jesus, not Muhammad, not Oprah, not anybody else. Jesus Christ only died, forgave our sins. It was risen on the third day. The most important message we could ever preach, we could ever tell people, is that he died. He's a personal savior for you. And like I shared before, he sent his son. I, can't, I cannot imagine that, sending my daughter for someone else. But he loves you that much. You have that much value. You've got that much intrinsic value, and there's so much hope that is available. There's a destiny. There's a purpose for each and every person in this room this morning. And the path is Jesus. It's not complicated. It's not different kinds of forks, and you got to figure your way in the forest. It's a very clear path. It's a narrow path, but it's a very clear path this morning. But you got to see something. You are free. Did you hear me, church? You're you're free. You're a new creation. See, when you walk into a relationship with Jesus, it's you're like a new person. Your thoughts are changed. Your hearts are changed. The people that you oh cut me off on the highway, and you get angry with them. Okay, I'll let that one go. You get angry with them, but then you see them in a whole different light when you have a relationship with Jesus. They said, yes, but you don't know that they're traveling to go see somebody that's passing away. You know, it's, it's crazy how this works, but your countenance changed. The way that you present yourself, the way that you carry yourself, the language that you use. People are drawn, not to you, they're drawn to the change. Well, I can tell you right now, the people that knew me back in the day, there ain't no way. they th- Forget about a pastor. Like, you're a Christian? Are you, are you for real right now? There's no way. But that is because of Jesus Christ, the change that I walked into when I started walking the path directly toward him. And I realized in that moment, that man, there's hope alive. There's hope for me right now. It doesn't matter what I went through. It doesn't matter my struggles. It doesn't matter this. But I've got a clear path, and my eyes are focused on the hope, and that hope is in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. But Paul says, man, I get it. We all sin." Like, I understand that. We all do. We can't get out of it. I understand that. But can I tell you something? There's something so much greater. There's a power greater than sin. The power of resurrection. Because what it does, this is the first time in human history that death was reversed. Could you imagine? Put, that, put yourself in a human context of walking up to a tomb, and it's rolled away. Giant tomb. Centurions guarding it. And they're like, what do you mean he ain't here? Who moved the stone? Where did he go? There's no sandwich shop. There's no Starbucks. Where, where did he go? He just disappeared? What? No. He is risen. <laughs> he has risen. He has risen. He has risen. He has risen this morning. But a world filled with bad news. I am so grateful for the good news that we could share. We could share our testimony, yes. 
But the testimony started when we realized that there was hope for us, regardless of how bleak it seemed. Hope is alive because he is. See, hell thought it won. The first day, I can imagine, they're kind of licking their chops like, mm, oh, we got him. He's still in that grave. He ain't coming back. That's impossible. The second day, you can almost imagine, they were kind of a little more emboldened. See, I told you, two days, ain't no way. He's like dead, dead. Like there ain't no way he's coming back, right? But on the third day, <laughs> Jesus has done his business. He had taken all authority. He had taken all power. He grabbed the keys. You understand what I'm saying? He grabbed the keys and set his children free. And on the third day, God rose him from the dead. He said, death no longer has its sting. My children are set free in Jesus' name. If you believe that, I want to hear a big amen this morning. On the third day, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 55, it says, Oh, death, where is your victory? It's kind of like, where is it at? Oh, death, where is your sting? For sin is the sting that results in death, and the law gives sin its power. But thank God. Everybody say, thank God. But thank God he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. Fly all the way down to Revelations chapter 1, verse 18. The Bible says this. I am the living one. I died. But look. I want to say that again. I died. But look. See, look, I'm still here. Death couldn't hold me. The grave couldn't hold me. The sin couldn't hold me. And I hold the keys of death and the grave. See, I, I love visuals because I'm a visual guy. <coughs> but I can imagine going down there. If you got a set of keys, I just want you to hold it in your hand. I want this to be impactful for your life right now. See, I can imagine when he died and the, the devil thought that he won. See, he was walking around with keys. He's like, hand me your keys. Uh, okay, I got the keys, Satan. Thank you. I'm going to unlock that door. You're set free. Moses, you're free. You're free. You're free. You're free. Oh, worry, set free. Oh, anxiety, set free. Addict, uh uh-uh, that's free. That's not who you are. Addiction, nope, it's all done. You are set free this morning in Jesus' name. He has the power. He has the authority. He has the keys. He's got the keys. Ain't devil got no keys. So the devil or somebody else says, oh, somebody else going to dictate your life. I said, but I believe and I know a Savior that has the keys to my life. You, he has the keys to your life. And guess what? If you come to him, he will unlock all the doors he wants you to walk through. Every single one. Oh, 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 hey, oh there you go. Oh, there you go. Setting you free from all these things. All these things from the, over your life in the past. He said, it's time. Come on. It's time to get that door open. Time to get that door open this morning. And in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18, the Bible says, For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. The ancestors. And it was not paid with mere gold or silver that which loses its value. It was, was the precious blood of Christ. The sinless, the spotless Lamb of God. God chose Him, chose Him as your ransom long before the world began. But now in these last days, He has been revealed for your sake. Through Christ, you have come to trust in God. And you have placed your faith, come on, your faith and your hope in God. Because you know that there's hope. He says because He raised Christ from the dead and gave Him great glory. See, I, I love this. 
this, this illustration of the glory of God and the things that he doesn't want us to hold on to. you mind joining me, brother? Join me on stage. See, we know through life, in situations and circumstances, maybe self-doubt and all these other things, we get labels placed on us. Some of us can identify with some of these. But what happens in life is, in doubt, and the enemy tries to come in, oh man, you just filled with anger. You angry person, prideful, mm-hmm. And all these labels keep coming on us. We keep believing these things, these lies, abuse, addict, lying, gossip, thief. Labels keep coming. Shame. Greed. And what I find interesting is these labels get compounded. They keep getting on. They, 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 they bring his whole body language changed. <clears throat> he was up here all happy. Like I get to be on stage. But then all of a sudden these labels came in and things started going through his mind. He started coming back with the past. He started bringing stuff back up like, oh, oh, I can identify. And the whole body language changed. The problem is he's carrying all these things that he was never intended to carry. These labels were never intended to be on him, never intended to be on us. And it leaves us in a place of hopelessness. And we walk around and we see the whole world, so many people in it that walk around like this, that, oh, you're an addict, you're an abuser, you're an addict, you're greed, lying, thief, anger, you're hopeless. But Jesus is telling you, because of me, because of me, you have hope. He's saying, pride, uh uh-uh, I paid for that. Anger, uh uh-uh, I paid for that. Abuse, (coughs) lying, greed, addict, gossip, shame. And thief, because of me, you've got hope. No more hopelessness. And because of Jesus Christ, what he is saying, he's saying, because I did this, I made it like it never happened. I've cleansed you. I've restored you. But there are times we pick these things back up in life. We like It's just almost like human nature. Like, oh, yeah, I know I'm forgiven, man, but I'm still doing this. And we begin to pick it up, and we begin to believe the lies that people are telling us. We begin to believe what the devil tells us. But he's saying, but Jesus is saying, oh, oh, hold on. Man, we're working on that. Man, you're not that. Gossip, man, you and I are talking. We're fellowshipping. Gossip's no longer an issue. Stop identifying. Lying, you're not a liar. You're you're a new creation. You, You are no longer this. See, these things are things that happened to you. These things are things that you did. These things are things that you made mistakes in life. But it is not your identity this morning. Church, it is not your identity. These things are not us. We are a new creation. New creation, theft, greed, all these things. But see, Jesus offered a great exchange. I love this. He offered a great exchange for us. See, with all of these things that are down here at the altar, coincidentally, we laid him at the foot of the cross. But see, the interesting thing is, he's still wearing this. 
See, we look in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, so profound. It says, for God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sins so that we could be made right with God through Christ. He knew that the judgment was guilty, but he said, I have, I have cleansed you. I have set you free. You are justified. You are righteous. So what he is saying, he's saying, I get that labels off, but man, you're holding a burden. You're holding a burden that you were never meant to carry. See how dark and gloomy this was? And he said, it's time to let that go. It's time to be set free this morning. But see, it doesn't stop there. It doesn't stop there. He goes further. He's exposed. He look, you look good. Plaid's obviously in. It's All the stuff is off. But he goes another step further. doesn't just take the stuff off. He clothes us in righteousness. Come on, church. He has set us free. And the, and the, the interesting thing here is, hmm, that's interesting. It doesn't stick. Because of the, the righteousness that we have been clothed with, these things no longer stick. And doesn't he look good? I mean, like, come on, he looks good in that sports call. That's all I'm saying. Thanks, brother. Thank you. Love you. And he gives him a hug, and he welcomes him. And does it matter how many tattoos he's got? It doesn't matter how, many, how much hair he has. I've obviously got more hair than you, bro. Or what kind of jeans or whatever he's into. It does not matter, but Jesus welcomes everyone into his arms. I don't care if he's got no deodorant on, how bad they smell. It doesn't matter. He said, come into my arms. I guarantee you, I will clothe you in righteousness, and you will never, ever, 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 ever be the same in Jesus' name. But the message of Easter is this. Hope is alive. It's available. Friends, it is here available for us right now. It's tangible, something that you can take home with you from service. So I'll read Corinthians one more time. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, it says this. I passed on to you what was most important and what was also passed on to me. Christ died for our sins, just as the scriptures said. He was buried, he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as scriptures said. And I'm going to end with this quote from a gal named Christine Kane. If you don't know who she is, powerful, powerful preacher, writer, author, all these things. She's amazing. And she says this. The day we hold people captive to their worst mistake or their biggest failure is the day that we have forgotten the power of the cross. Today is a good day to forgive someone, maybe even yourself. So with every head bowed and every eye closed this morning, I want to pray for two groups of people this morning. The first one is that I need forgiveness. I need to offer forgiveness for something, something that happened in my life, maybe a judgment, harshness, or maybe just yourself. Can I give you a bold opportunity? Nobody looking, just as a personal moment between you and God. Could you raise your hand? I'd like to pray for you as an individual. I see your hand, sir. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. Hands going up everywhere. If that's you, could you just raise your hand? Raise it high. This is not condemnation. This is not shame. This is saying, Lord, I want to give it to you right now. 
Father, all across this room right now, with all these hands raised, beautiful people, God, would you set them free right now? Whatever forgiveness needs to be received or whatever forgiveness needs to be given, God, would they have the boldness to do so? God, we know that forgiveness is not for the other party. It's for us. It's to set us free from the ties and the bondage and the things that hold us down. Lord, would you release them right now? I release them into your hands right now in Jesus' name. And Father, all across this room, if there are those that are not on that right path that I talked about earlier this morning, they're on a path and it's got all kinds of forks and they they just know it's not the one they want to be on. But they want to get on the road and the path to Jesus. If that's you this morning and if you want to be on that path or maybe you need just kind of like a, a correction and maybe a rededication to get back on that path, could you raise your hand? I'd like to pray for you. No hands, no eyes looking. Heads down. I see hands going up everywhere. Thank you, Jesus. Is there anyone else that wants to get on that road with Jesus? And we're talking about relationship here, not religion. The true relationship that will change your life forever. So, Father, all across the room, if we we could, with our heads bowed and eyes closed, can we pray with these beautiful people together? If you could just repeat this after me. Father, I am a Savior. I'm sorry. Father, I need a Savior. I need Jesus. Forgive me. Jesus, I welcome you into my life and into my heart. Father, I believe your son died on the cross, rose on the third day, and is now alive. Starting today, I won't be controlled by sin, but I will chase after you all the days of my life. I am now a follower of Jesus saved by grace through my faith in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Come on, can we put our hands together for everybody that just received Christ and Resurrection Sunday, a powerful Sunday. Hey, again, all our new guests, we would love to meet you out in the foyer, get to know you. Don't forget about May 5th. Grab yourself a bag, get some coffee, fellowship a bit. Guys, enjoy your Easter. Lord bless you guys. Have a great week.